0: Okay, so I I felt prompted to. It's like well, the question is: Is what what do you do when God speaks to you, but you don't know what He's saying? And um, uh, so I'm going to say, Jeff, what do you mean by this? For some of you that have been following along, you're going to understand what this verse is. For some of you that have not, not that don't know what I'm talking about, I shouldn't say that I haven't been following along. I'm not, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> um. So I, I honestly I don't know I know what to do with this verse and, and we're going to make a declaration here in just a minute but let me just set this up uh, October I mean April the ninth of this year I was awakened at four fifty eight in the morning by our doorbell but uh, I found all this stuff I figured this out later it wasn't our doorbell it was like the doorbell of a uh, a lot larger house than, than we live in and uh, but I woke up. Uh, at 4.58 thinking that our neighbor was in trouble or whatever. And so I went out to answer the door and he wasn't there. On the way back in, I was thinking, oh, wow, that's weird. And then realized, oh, the Lord was trying to get my attention. And <clears throat> and as I do, and if you don't do this, start paying attention. Start paying attention if the Lord begins to knock at the door. So so for the longest time, the Lord would just knock at the door at a random time, and I, when, I first, when it first started happening, uh, happening, our children were smaller, so we thought that the kids were having trouble or whatever, and so we'd wake up, and otherwise, I'd just, I'd just, I'd just leave them out there. But uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> so got up, nobody's there, and began to think that this is strange. I know I heard a knock at the door, and as I began to pay attention to the digital clock that we have, the numbers on the face of the clock would correspond with the verse that he was trying to get my attention with. And so I just kind of follow this pattern. Well, it switched from the knock to the door to now, or not now, but this time was a doorbell. So this is a loud statement that he's trying to get my get my attention on. So when I read it, I was like, because there's nothing to do. There's, there's no, this, this, isn't a, this is not a direction. This is not a, you know, thus saith the Lord, it's more of a proclamation. And when I read it, I thought, wow, okay, Lord, you're trying to get my attention and read it. It's like, just tell me what to do. And there's nothing to do per se, other than I feel like that I've been sitting on this since April and I'm feeling like, Lord, we're supposed to do something with this. You spoke really loud. And so I feel like until... I, we, I know further what to do. I think what we need to, what I would like for us to do is I'm going to ask us in just a second to stand up and we're going to make a declaration because it seems like this is a declaration coming directly from heaven. So it seems like heaven is making a declaration over the earth and it's not even in the language that, that we are used to. And, and I've looked up, oh, I don't know, six, seven, seven, ten different translations and there's not one translation that encapsulates the full meaning. And so nevertheless, it's like, I I don't have to understand before I do something. uh, So I figured we'll just go ahead and do it. And so if you would, would you help me? Would you stand up? And uh, we're gonna make a declaration, okay? So we're gonna declare this. So we say, drip down, O heavens, from above. And let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. One more time. Drip down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Thank you so much. So Lord, we make this our prayer right now. Lord, we say, drip down, O heavens, from above and pour out your righteousness. Lord, we prophesy to the earth and we say, earth, open up and receive this downpour of righteousness and let salvation, uh, deliverance, and freedom spring forth. May they, may they grow up together, the righteousness and the salvation, Lord, as you have intended, uh, as you have created, and, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. All right, yay. Uh, thank you for letting me do that. I'm gonna continue to do that because I just feel like we're supposed to be obedient. And so, again, it's, it's th- this verse is way above my pay grade, so to speak, as far as understanding. And yet, if I, if I relegated everything to my understanding, well, God help us. So anyway, okay. Well, with that, I, um, uh, if you have your Bibles, and I said this at first service and I was completely wrong. So we're going to be in and out of the book of Hebrews. I said this morning, if we're going to kind of camp out in Hebrews. We didn't do any such thing. And, uh, but I want to, um, I want us to start out with, Pick up kind of where we left off last week. Uh, I was talking to Becky this week, and I was like, "I'm kind of figuring out what Lord what's what's the direction I should be going in on the message this Sunday." She said, "You know, what you spoke last Sunday was really good," and she said, "I think you should try to continue from that." And uh, being a man under authority, (laughs) that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, um, so if you have your Bibles. I wanna start with this verse in Psalms, Psalms 910. In Psalms 910, just to give you a history, I was reading, doing my yearly reading through scripture one day and trying to tick off or check off as many verses as I could and ran across this one and it just jumped off the page. And uh, it says, for those who know your name and those who know your name will put their trust in you for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And the, the, the point that I'm wanting to make is that, and this is, let me just say it, there is an assault, there's an all-out assault coming towards you from the enemy concerning the Lord's faithfulness. It's an all-out assault. And the assault basically has two things in mind. One is the assault is to, get, is to discredit God enough to you to where you will not put your trust in him. The other thing that's happening simultaneously is that the enemy is trying to get a message out to you that God has actually forsaken you. And these two things are working in tandem. And as these two work together in tandem, as, as we allow this to work in tandem, what we don't realize is is there is an erosion that is happening of his faithfulness. Why is that so important? Well, if the enemy can erode his faithfulness enough, he knows that I'm not going to put my trust in him because I don't believe him. And so the enemy is if, so for what so what I mean by that? So the enemy has he's been working at this for a long time. For a lot of us. We have, uh, we have a stack of, of, of things, of areas where God has not come through. And that stack, if we we're, if were to weigh it pound for pound or stack for stack, is probably a lot bigger than the, than the areas that he has come through, seemingly. Didn't get a big amen on that one, did I? And, uh, but, but yet it's the truth. And so, this is the dilemma. And the enemy knows that if he can wear this, if if he can erode the faithfulness enough, it'll cause us as believers to take a step back away from God. We'll begin to give him lip service, but our hearts will be far from him. And when we give him lip service and our hearts are far from him, we actually wind up being very, very weak. We become impotent in our Christianity. We, we, we have no, there's no punch. There's, no, there's nothing in our life that, that's attractive to the world. And that's the good side. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm trying to get you guys to lighten up. So repeat after me. I will say amen when I agree with you, Jeff. Amen. Here we go. All right, there is no fear of being thrown out of church or for being disruptive or anything like that. Okay, so that's where I'm wanting to start. So this dynamic is actually taking place. The enemy is trying to get us to take steps back away from him and being able to trust him. Because if he knows if if we take our step back, it'll lessen our faith. And this whole thing revolves around faith. The other thing is, is that he's constantly pointing at is that, or to make us think that God has actually forsaken us. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We looked at this last week. Because the question, the thing that I want us to look at is how do we, how do we combat this? How do we... How do we fight this? What do I do? Do I just continue to take this on or, do or, 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 or am I privy enough to be able to recognize what's going on in my life so I can stop this onslaught or stop this erosion that's happening? So 1 Samuel chapter 30, um, it's a story of David and his mighty men and the takeaway verse, I'll go ahead and point, the takeaway sentence in these verses is the last sentence, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. So- Basically what has happened is David and his mighty men have gone off and they are conquering and they are just demolishing in the name of God, right? Only to come back to their hometown to find their hometown is now burning and their children and their wives have been kidnapped. So these men, these mighty men, they come back from this great uh, battle or battles only to find that everything they own is gone, and so you look at the process of what happened. These mighty, these strong men, these guys were, these, these, these are their, you should read the, the story about David's mighty men. His mighty men were involved in this, uh, in this, in this group. It says that David's wives were gone, his children were gone, that they, they came back, their, their town is on fire. Uh, and so I'm trying to imagine that scene and what it would be like, to come back to go into war, only to come back to the only to come back and find out that the enemy has come in and stolen everything that I've that I've had, everything that I put my everything that I'd set out to protect, everything that I'd set out to provide for—it's completely gone. I'm like, good night. I cannot imagine this. And and it, it says that the um, that the men who are with him they lifted up their voices and they wept. And they wept so long until there was no more strength in them to weep. Now, now, these these are these are champion fighters here, and the champion fighters have run out of strength because they are so distraught, they're so discouraged, they're so disappointed, and they they they, they and, and 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 hopeless that they have wept everything out, and it's like. Good night, I cannot, I cannot imagine that scene. I can, I just cannot, I, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine. I'm just, I'm thinking about what are they thinking? What, what would, what would David be thinking? Only to come back and go, God, what has happened? I was out doing great things for you. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, Look at all the stuff that I've done. I've destroyed all the other uh, idols, worshipers and all this sort of stuff only to come back and to find my own home has been annihilated. First thing I would think of is like, where did you go? I thought you had my back. And as I, as, he's thinking this, the other men that are around them are going, good grief, I just bought this car, I just got this house, completely burned up, everything's in shambles now, and it's your fault, David. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't even be here if I wasn't following you. And David, it says, now David here was greatly distressed. Like all the other stuff that's going on, yeah, that's bad. But when your own group of people that you've been out fighting with and, and saving each other's lives and protecting, now they're turning on you? Yeah. Now he's in great distress. And he's, I don't know what he's thinking. You know, it's like, uh, you, it's not my fault. Or you made your own choice. Or, you know, he's not defending. He's not for me. I'd be looking for a way out going, uh, hold on guys. And and, and in the midst of all that, everything is imploding. He has no one to turn to. This is why this last this last sentence is so powerful. But David actually strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Say, ah, that might be why you're king. It's the little things that separate us from the rest of the... David strengthened himself in the Lord. And so even that statement. So David strengthened himself in the Lord. Say, well, how do you do that? And what do you do? The Bible doesn't say what he did. I have to think though that David, in order for David to strengthen himself in the Lord he had to go back in his Rolodex of memories of all the places where he had come through, where the Lord had come through for him and had to bring those forward into this current circumstance. So he had to be thinking about, oh, I remember the time that I was out shepherding the sheep and, and the, the bear came out of the woods and, and I t- took my sling and, 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 and hit him right in it and killed it or when the lion tried to come and yeah, yeah, God was with me. I couldn't have done that on my own. God actually supernaturally strengthened me. I saw that. Matter of fact, those are the two that I went with when I told Saul, I can take this giant because the Lord, the same Lord who was with me in these two circumstances, I know is gonna be with me with this maniac right here. So he begins to, oh, oh yeah, I remember. And he begins to remember the things that God has done in the past and he begins to find strength in that as he's moving forward. And this is what I'm talking about. It is very, very important for you and I to remember the things where God has come through for us in days past. So, one of the things that as we are remembering i want to we're going to look at a different a couple of few different a couple of verses that actually take this same premise from a different facet but it's all talking about the same thing turn to hebrews chapter 11 hebrews 11 verse 11 there Hebrews 11. 11. So this whole chapter in Hebrews 11 is the hall of fame about faith. This is all about the heroes of faith. Interesting, uh, this verse here says, by faith, even Sarah, so he's talking about Abraham's wife, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, at first glance, you read this and you're like, Man, somebody's disconnected from the original story because that's not the way it happened at all. Matter of fact, when God showed up and said, hey, in a year, you're gonna be pregnant, she actually laughed and then she lied. Laughed and lied. Laughed to God Almighty and lied right to his face, right? That's the way I remember the story, right? But the writer of Hebrews is saying, by faith... She had faith. Even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful. So there's a key word there that I want to hone in on is considered. And I talked about this last week because I got this little revelation during worship if you were here last week. But but if you weren't, it's okay because we need to hear things like 8.2 times before we actually retain it. So this is number two. So, so. The, whole, the, the word I'm wanting to, to hone in on is that she considered. So in order to, to consider, that means she had to remember. She had to reflect. She considered him who was faithful. So here the Lord has said, uh, I'm going to come back this time next year. You're going to be pregnant. <laughs> I didn't laugh. No, that wasn't me at all. Okay, that, that's where the story ended in the Old Testament. But this is pointing to something actually began to happen. After she laughed and after she lied, she stepped away, and it says that she considered him. Huh. That means that she listened, she considered the one who was saying this, and she went back in her Rolodex of all the times that this one who's saying this crazy thing, everything else that he has said and done in our life has actually come true. So she's like, huh, even though what he just said is completely outrageous, maybe he's telling me the truth. And it says that as she considered that, she received the ability to conceive. The impossible was opened. As she considered, as she remembered the things that he's done. So the thing that I'm telling you is is the Lord has told you, he's promised you, he's spoken to you either in the word, either through prophetic words, doesn't matter how, but he has given you promises. I don't wanna get, I'm, I'm, about, I'm, I'm trying not to get pulled out into my like eighth point, but it's coming. <laughs> and because our life doesn't look anything like the promise, we think the promise has failed. Not at all. So in Hebrews three, the writer of Hebrews is kind of taking what we're talk, what I'm talking about. I'm going to turn the facet of this truth that I'm talking about just a little bit. Hebrews 3, verse 9 says, Where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. Some of your translations said, say, They saw my works. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So there's two things that that the Lord is highlighting here. One is, is this, he's talking about the children of Israel. For 40 years, they saw my works. They saw what I did for 40 years. And so you have to stop there and go, okay, what what did they see? Oh, they saw, to begin with, the 10 plagues. They saw or heard about, or they actually saw it because all of a sudden their tap water turned red because all the water in Egypt was turned, in the Nile was turned to blood. Everywhere they turned. So they're there. Oh, wow, what's going on? They begin to hear about these two crazy guys, Moses and Aaron. No, he just raised his staff. And dude, I was there. It's like, wow. And this is how we got this? Because this doesn't taste good. After that, they, I'm just randomly, The frogs. I was like, what in, I I can't move around. Oh, this is sick. Frogs are everywhere. After that, the gnats. After that, dust. After that, darkness. After that, hailstorm comes through and just wipes out everything. So they, they, they saw all of this. That's what God's referring to. They saw my works for 40 years. They were there when the firstborn of Egypt died. And their firstborn was saved. They saw it. They were there. They heard the screams. They heard, they heard the noise. They heard the lament. They heard the crying. They were there. Then they saw, as they were leaving, they came up to the Red Sea. They saw the Red Sea open up. They walked through on dry ground. They saw this. Then once they get across, they're like, well, I don't know where we're going, but it's like, but what's that big light up there in the, in the sky? I don't think that's light, Moses. I think that's a pillar of fire. Good night. How's it floating like that? I have no idea. And during the day, is that a dust storm that's coming? It's just staying there. I think that's the same place that the fire was last night. I think that's a cloud. They saw this for 40 years. He says they saw it. They saw what I did for 40 years and they've not known my ways. So what, what are his ways? That he would, Protect, deliver, provide. Those are His ways. They never got it. It's like, oh my goodness. Why I'm saying this, church, is because we we are like them. I'm like them. God can do something miraculous for me on one hand, and then the next thing, next the next thing that comes up, I'm like, I don't know. I remember this one time, I felt like the Lord wanted us to give away $50. We gave away $50 that week. The next week, we get a check for $5,000, comes in the mail, as well as uh, someone randomly, so when Bethany was born, she, she, anyway, she was born two and a half months premature and the, the bill was $90,000 and we didn't have in, in insurance or anything. Anyway, <clears throat> they paid off her, bill, her, her medical bill. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, had no idea. And then the next time that I come up against something financial, I'm like, uh, What am I going to do? <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> Stop it. Turning, turning red. Come back. Come back. Come back, Holy Spirit. Oh, no, no. Come back. So, we have a propensity to see what he's done and then forget his ways. So, if Tom, Tom, turn to Psalms. Seventy-eight. Turn to Psalms 78. The point that I'm trying to make is the enemy is out to bring an erosion of God's faithfulness to you. He's trying desperately to erode his reputation, to discredit him, to cause you not to trust him, to take your perspective, your paradigm and flip it to where it looks like there's truth, but it's not the whole truth. Psalm 78, verse nine, says this. The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his instructions. They forgot what he had done, the great wonders that he had shown them. Continuing, In verse 12, the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Zoan in the land of Egypt. For he divided the sea and led them through making the water stand up like walls. In the daytime, he led them by a cloud. We said that, "and, and, and all night by a pillar of fire. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water as from a gushing spring. Can I just tell you, that's not where water comes from. Water doesn't come from a rock which is also, I'm gonna say the same thing I said in first service, this is also a prophetic word. If you are in a hard place, be expecting a gushing of refreshing. He made streams pour from the rock, making waters flow down like a river. Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the most high in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a a rock so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. Does that sound familiar? I know we just did this over here yesterday, but I'm not sure he can do this today. When the Lord heard them, he was furious. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel, for they did not believe God or trust him to care for them. Forty years. They saw my works, they saw everything I did. Forty years. He could not get through. Guys, I'm trustworthy. How many times? How many, how many. Hard places do you have to come up to before and me rescue you before you begin to put your trust in what I can do for you. The interesting thing about this verse is that the warriors of Ephraim, these were the elite of the elite of the army. The, the, these, these were the green berets. These, these were the, the rangers. These were the Navy SEALs, so to speak. They had been trained. The thing that's unique about the, the the warriors of Ephraim is that they could shoot an arrow, bow and arrow with either hand, either right-handed or left-handed, just as accurate. And they could also uh, wield the, the sling with either hand. So it's like, cut off one arm, well, I'm still good. I'll get you with this one. <laughs> And this is what they're trained for. This is what, they're trained for war. They're trained for this. And it says, in the day of battle, the thing that they were trained for, they fled. Why? They forgot. They forgot. What have you done? When you and I forget what he has done, it actually weakens us. Going back to Hebrews four, the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter four, verse two. The writer of Hebrews talking about the children of Israel says this, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So that means you and I can hear the same prophecy. We can read the same scripture. We can, or some, and be in two separate places because whether or not we, we, we mix our faith with it or not. Same word, same promise. And it's all dependent on whether or not we are going to believe him. And those who put their trust in you, those who know your name will put their trust in you. And the enemy is out to erode that very thing, that that step right there, that's what he's trying to erode. Because as long as he can get us to think that the Lord has forsaken us, that was the thing that I was trying to get to with David, I guarantee you he thought, God has absolutely forsaken us. Look what's happened. Look at at what's happened to our village. Look at what happened to our our wives and children. He's forsaken us. That would be the logical conclusion to come through, to come to. For some of us, where you are right now, the logical conclusion is the, he's forsaken me. It's like, oh. But his word says, I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's his ways. So... We can hear the same message, the same promise, the same prophecy, and end up in two different places because of, of our faith or lack of faith. The thing that I, I want to hone in on is that the enemy it comes in like a flood. and the, the battleground is actually right here. It's in our mind. And one of the most powerful um, tools or weapons that the enemy has is suggestion. So... It's like Bill Johnson, I like what Bill Johnson says about in Matthew where it talks about where Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And Bill makes a comment, he said, you know, I looked up that word all. In both Hebrew and the Greek, it actually means all. And so the takeaway is, is if Jesus has all authority, that means there's nothing left. So if the enemy doesn't have any authority, the only thing he can use is suggestion. Did God say that? Has God said that? And so he attacks in our thought life and that's where the battle happens. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I hope you guys are following along here. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says this casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I specifically use the King James version here because I like that one word, imaginations. A lot of us don't realize that in the battleground of the mind, the enemy uses our imagination against us. So, if, just say, there's a promise. There's a promise of a promotion. Uh, you, you know, the Lord says, I'm gonna promote you. And so as we're looking for the promotion or whatever, if we're not careful, if, we're, if, we, if we are used to rejection, what will begin to happen is, is in our imagination, we will imagine ourselves as not getting the promotion. And in our imaginations, will we'll, we'll actually play that out in our in our in our thought life, and it's all under the power of suggestion. But the, but what Paul is saying here is, is, you actually have the power, and we have the authority to cast down the imagination and to take captive the thoughts, because that's where the battleground is. So, <clears throat> some of us, yeah, <laughs> I remember surpresa, uh guess knew no, about no surpresa, Yes, I feel like I'm. So praise is our friend, one of the most supernatural people that I know that seen just remarkable things. They, they, it's like, the, it's like uh, the, uh, the, the, the acts of the apostles around his life. So that people are raised from the dead, people are healed, people are all this sort of stuff. You know, anyway, I'm not, I, again, I was just, I have to remember. So part of me is remembering. So I have to remember, you know, our, uh, our friend Francie, the craziest testimony I've ever heard of anybody, anybody who was stabbed to death and the Lord brought him back to life while he was in the morgue, zipped up in a body bag. This, and it's the praises friend. And so I have to remember, anytime I come up against something, it's like, oh yeah, well then there's Francie who uh, nobody prayed for him, nobody did. Oh, and so I have to remember that. So, so, so praise us says, Jeff, you know, you, you need to take you need to guard your thought life because the way most diseases start is you get a thought of, I wonder if I have that. It's just it's very slight. I wonder if I have that. That is exactly what this is talking about. And so what Paul is instructing us to do is take that imagination. Or or you begin to imagine yourself as having that. If I did have this sickness, what would take that imagination and the thing that exalts itself against, that's the other thing I was gonna say, everything that exalts itself exalteth. It (laughs) pushes up against the knowledge of God. What is he talking about? When he says the knowledge of God, what is he talking about? Scripture. He's talking about the things where God has said things about himself. Either how he will provide, how he will deliver, how he will and the very thing that we war against is actually warring against the very thing the the, the knowledge of God. It's actually coming against the word of God. God has given his word and there's an There's an all-out assault on the Word of God. Byproduct is, is there's an erosion of his faithfulness in our lives. But if we don't understand what's happening, this is actually a war. We have to take these thoughts and these imaginations captive. So some of you might be familiar with this exercise I'm about to do. How do How do you take these thoughts captive? How do we take thoughts captive? How do we take, well, I'm gonna show you. So, this is what I want us to do. So um, don't do this out loud, okay? Do not do this out loud. It's okay, that's not gonna be. But I want you to, when I say go, I want you to count to 10 in your head, okay? But this is not a race to try to get to the end, okay? So in your head, count to 10. Ready, go. Now say your full name out loud, what happened to your thoughts? They were gone. Why? Because of your words. So the way that you take authority over your thoughts is with your words. We don't take authority over our thoughts with our thoughts. We take authority over our thoughts with our words. So the next time that the enemy says, you're going to be broke by the end of this week, you say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And we fight back with our words, not with our thoughts. There's a verse that we like to quote when everything's going good. Love this verse. The difficulty in quoting this verse is when things are not going good. Because we want to be authentic and we want our life to align up with the word of God, but it seems like the word of God, we kind of, somebody's off right now. It's not me, it's gotta be him, so to speak. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something I want to suggest that you begin to use this verse to actually straighten out the crooked places in your life. And you do it like this. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Father, I thank you that right now your word says that all things work together for good for those who love God. That's me. I don't understand how you are going to do this, but I'm thanking you in advance. I don't have to know. I don't have to know how you're gonna do this. I'm thanking you in advance that your word says that all things work together for good. So even though I don't see it right now, it doesn't matter. Your word is exalted. Your word is settled in heaven. That's good enough for me. And that's what we begin to use has a weapon back. I know that all things work together for good for those that love him, those that are called according to his purpose. So Lord, I, I don't have to know. I, I, don't, I don't have to know. How, I don't even see how you're gonna work this out, but boy, this is gonna be a great ride. Right? So. His word says, he will never leave you. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave you he will never forsake you. So those two things, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me. I can say absolutely that you will work out all things for my good. I, um, I want to end with this. Uh, you guys know who George Mueller is? You heard that name? Uh, let me just read this before I try to explain who he is. Go look him up. Listen to this quote. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. It's kind of like you just crossed over the state line. When you cross over the state line from anxiety into faith, the end, the beginning of anxiety is actually the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. So the two can't live together. So why am I saying this? We find place, find ways, find fuel, find food. We need to feed our faith. Your faith needs to eat. My faith needs to eat. The way that we eat is we, we read scriptures. We find Places in Scripture where the Lord has spoken to you or spoken about Himself, who He says He is. And we say this, we get this into us. Let me tell you, reading it one time is not gonna get it. You have to read it over and over and say it over and over and over. The, um, yeah. So, I, uh, I was gonna add There's a scripture that that comes to mind. says this several places. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. As they did in the days where they tested me. Don't harden your heart. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. For some of us, including me, we need to to change our posture towards him. Some of us, maybe you've been so discouraged that you've let go, that you've, whatever... Your promise, your destiny, your word, your—that he's trying to get, that he's one, that he's extending to you. Or there's been a reluctance to accept it. There's been a, a reluctance to believe it. All you, have, all we have to do is we we just repent of that attitude, and we open our hearts back up to him again. Re- repent of the is this coming out. Repent of this of that attitude, and open our hearts back up to him again. Again. The, the risk here is that for some of us right now, the enemy has got his stack right in your face of all the places where seemingly God has not come through. And he's saying, are you serious? You, you serious? You're serious? You're going to forego this stack and risk again that God's going to be faithful to you? That, there, there's a, it's like, what have you got to lose? Well, I've, what I've got to lose is more pain, more, not really, And so I, I've, I felt impressed by the Lord to say, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things that, that needs to happen. There needs to be an exchange that needs to happen. And sometimes this happens through forgiveness. Some of us, some of us, and it's totally okay. This, your, your head's gonna tell you this is not okay. But it's totally okay to forgive God. Yeah, but you know, I was brought up, he's never done anything wrong. It's okay, somewhere in your heart, you've been hurt by him. He didn't come through for you. He hasn't done this for you. Something has happened. And I'm telling you, it's totally okay to forgive him. But you you need to forgive him. You need to release him. Because as long as we're holding him hostage, it actually locks up things in the heavens. So again, again, Lord, I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I don't know, but your word says all things work together for good. In light of this stack that, that that I've got of all the areas where you have not come through, I'm willing to say, I forgive you. I completely release you. Here's the stack. It's a big step. That's a huge step. And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to coerce you or manipulate you, uh, but I, I am trying to encourage you today, if you hear his voice, the reason I'm saying that, there's an opening right now. There's something, there's an opening in the spirit right now to, to do a trade. To trade your stack and put for trust in him again. So, Father, I just ask right now that for those of us who uh, fall under this, Lord, we—I I ask, Lord, for grace. I ask, Lord, for help. I ask, Lord, that that you would um, that you would uh, resist, Lord, the enemy, the, the confusion that 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 the enemy is trying to 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 bring on people right now. And Lord, but 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 Lord, without us needing to, although there's a desire to understand, we want to understand, we have to understand, we are people who you created us to understand, Lord, and things that are too great for us, we don't have to understand. And Lord, we, for any place, Lord, where we have have held you hostage, we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us. And Lord, we extend forgiveness to you. I forgive you. I release you. Lord, I ask that as this exchange happens, Lord, I just ask for all the, the places, all the rocks that have been put in our, put in our path or, or that have been in our hearts where I speak to the hard places and I say, open up in the name of Jesus. Let your water gush forth, Lord, from these hard places that people have endured. In the name of Jesus. With man, this is impossible, but but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. But all of the hard places, in the name of Jesus, we speak to those rocks in the name of Jesus, and we say, open up. I would have despaired unless I would have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, we would have despaired unless we would have believed that we would, have, that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, I ask, Lord, for every person listening to my voice that you would release the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in the now May the goodness of the Lord, the things that that have been promised to you, the things that He spoke to you very clearly, the things that you know, you believe in your heart, and right now you don't see any place, any, any there's there's no way, no how that any of this can come true. We just give that to you, Lord. In any place, Lord, where we have. Let go of the promise where we've let go of, of uh, yeah, the promise where we have turned away and walked away from you, Lord. I thank you that uh, just, I think it's Jonah chapter three, verse one says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He's the God of the second and the third and the 33rd and the 63rd chances. And so Lord, we come back we present ourselves to you again we say we don't understand what's going on but in light of knowing who you are we don't have to we trust you we trust you we thank you lord i ask Lord that your peace that that uh, i ask for 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 many people here that that can hear me that that the that there's something that is clicking in your soul and in your spirit right now, something is clicking, something's going, ah, there it is. Just allow that clicking, allow that settling to happen. And Lord, the places where we have gotten ourselves out of alignment with you, we step back into alignment with you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.